let's go, let's go with Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz, how are you, bud? I'm doing great, especially after that weekend in Arizona, Jim. It's great seeing you and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to go watch a wonderful fight on Showtime. And it was, man, had a great time with my boys. David Benvenides and, and Kyron Davis. That was some kind of fight. What an action-packed thriller. Uh, have you ever seen a guy like Davis, and you've been in professional sports now for a couple of decades, have you ever seen a guy with that much courage that much stamina, take that amount of abuse and punishment and still keep fighting. His trainer, Stephen Edwards, throws in the towel to save him, does a great job, and the young man still wants to fight and he's not hurt. That was beyond belief. And Jim, he, he put on an epic performance. Obviously, he came in as an underdog on the card, uh, showed tremendous heart. I mean, but that's something you can always say about Philly fighters. You look through the course of history, you look back at some of the great champions out of that city, they always are tough, tough guys, and uh, Chiron is, is he fits that mold. And um, you know, I think his trainer made the right decision. And he, and the way you, when you asked him about the fight um, and the decision to throw the towel in, you know, he really supported his trainer. Said he loves him. You know, as a father figure, and you know, he really had a great understanding of just the the relationship that those two shared. And you know, I, I think it it bodes well for their future together. Who's the toughest guy in the National Football League? Who's a guy who can get beaten up on any play and come back and just smack you right again next play time and time again? You got a couple of guys who, who you'd pick out? You know, most of the time people always consider defensive players the toughest, but, you know, those guys are most of the time administering the punishment. You know, the offensive guys, you look at the quarterbacks around the league and some of the, the shots these guys take um, week in and week out, and, um, you know, it's, it's hard not to – you know, talk about the, the Carson Winches of the world and, you know, Russell Wilson's and these guys, I mean, they, they, they have taken, you know, some hellacious shots and they continue to get up and, and, and keep fighting. I mean, so I would say the quarterbacks, they get hit by the biggest guys. They take the toughest shots. And, um, you know, I would say those guys are usually the toughest. How about Cam Newton over the years? And we're going to talk about Cam. This guy's gotten beaten up like nobody's business. Yeah, I mean, to see him come back and perform the way he performed, um, you know, it's in, in short spurts, you know, throwing a touchdown, running a touchdown, it's really a testament to his greatness and, you know, just the work he's been done, he's been putting in, you know, since being released from the Patriots, he looked like he was in shape, he looked like he's been thrown, he looked like he was healthy, and uh, he looks like he finally going to make a, some, some strong contributions for the Panthers moving forward. Unlike you, who's not doing anything, getting fat and sassy <laughs> out there, living the life. Oh, no. I still got my six pack, Jim. Don't don't get it twisted, baby. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> you got a six pack, all right. <laughs> you still in shape? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, of course, Jim. I gotta stay in shape, man. I got. I mean, I'm, I can't get like you. You know, I can't be round and pudgy and and balding like that, man. I gotta stay fit, baby. I gotta stay slim and trim. You're well on your way. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> sir, to middle age. I'm past middle age, but you're well on your way into it. How's it treating you? No, it's, it's, it's feeling good, Jim. I, I feel great. And, um, you know, it's great to be able to celebrate your birthday this weekend, 62 years old. I hope you're around another 62 years. You may be alone in that feeling. <laughs> I, know there's one, at least, I know there's at least one other person. Fran, Fran hopes so. As I know it's 62 only years. Person. I didn't say 30 years. I said 62 <laughs> years. You may be alone in that feeling. <laughs> Let's enjoy some of that good life. And you can do that at Golden Nugget Casino. They got resorts, but they also have Golden Nugget Online Casino. Join them at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. In Michigan and New Jersey, you can play your favorite slots, table games, blackjack, roulette, with more than 700 games to choose from. Only at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. 
Larry, a lot of people were uh, wondering if it was a roll of the dice to get back on the train, to use just as many cliches as we can in one sentence, regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes and those folks went out to Vegas. They rolled the Raiders in the brand new Allegiant Stadium. They looked like what we thought they were, to quote your famous coach, uh, Dennis Green, of many years ago. Where has that team been, or did they just happen into the right time and the right opponent and uh, put it all together one week, or do you think they're back in action here? Well, Jim, I think all the pundits are wondering the same thing. They look explosive. That their, their deep ball, intermediate passing game was precise. I mean, the connection that we've seen those guys have over the last few years, it, it just autumn, it just reemerged, and uh, it was fun to see. Um, I, I think everybody early season picks were, you know, they were they would be in competition to win the AFC. And if they're playing like this, and the defense is playing the way they played yesterday. I mean, they they definitely have a, have a chance, but you know, they they don't have any more ground they can give up, um, especially in a in a tough division. Um, you know, with with the Chargers and, and other teams who are playing well. Well, but the Raiders took a major step back. Uh, the Chargers took a step back against the Vikings, the Broncos, uh, and I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. I haven't seen as poor of a performance in trying to tackle a player or go for a ball. Slay just went by him. It was a matador, and it was a key and critical play in the game. And he was a half a foot from him, didn't attempt to put his body into the fray, didn't even want to slow him down. I think he's got a lot of answering to do to his teammates uh, over that matador treatment. And I hate to bring it up because we're going to talk positively about Cam Newton, but Cam Newton did the same thing in the Super Bowl against the Broncos when he didn't dive on that football. Looked afraid of the moment, looked like he didn't want to be out there on the field and put his body at risk. If you're going to play professional football, your body's at risk. Isn't that part of it that you sign up for? And if you're not going to do it, why are you out there? Well, as a teammate, you would love to see them put a little bit more effort um, into that play. But, you know, Teddy, you know, had one of the most horrific knee injuries, you know, over the last 10 years, almost lost his career. And uh, it'd be hard to imagine that that injury and what he's had to overcome over the last few years didn't play into, you know, making that attempt to tackle. I mean, Jim, you, you know, when, you're, when your career is in balance the way his was, um, you know, to go out there and risk it, you know, on doing something that you have no experience doing. I can promise you Teddy Bridgewater has not practiced tackling anybody, you know, his entire <laughs> life. Um, has he so practiced he, falling down and sticking his <laughs> hand out? Uh, Jim, I'm just, I'm just trying to say I'm, I'm trying to put myself in his, his position and thinking about no, you, you didn't. Know, trying to When make you put tackle. yourself in that position, you chased Harrison 98 yards and caught him virtually. You put yourself in that position. You could have been blindsided 19 different ways on that play. I mean, you, you, have, you, have, you have respect there, but I don't play quarterback either. And I'm used to getting hit, um, you know, getting blindsided by guys. So I really wasn't thinking about that. But at the quarterback position, you have to be there. You, it, it, if he gets hurt on that play, separates his shoulder or, or, you know, pulls a hamstring, breaks a finger, now you're, now you're in a much worse position because now you're losing the best quarterback on your team and it puts the season in peril. So, I mean, you have, there's a lot of different ways you can think about that, Jim. Do you think his teammates understand that or do you think they're aggravated with him? And tell us exactly what that feeling is. Are a bunch of guys today saying, you know what? He cost us the game on that play. Not that specific play, but by not having effort, that, that jeopardized our ability to win that game. I would imagine there's a few guys in the locker room wish he would have had a little bit better effort. But Jim, if you watch the play when Slay recovered that uh, that fumble, I mean he he went left, he went right, he went left, 
and then he went back uh, the other way again. I mean, where were, where were the other 10 guys? I mean, where were the other where were the receivers and offensive linemen and the tight ends and running backs that could have, uh, you know, made the play as well? I mean, he's not the only one that At didn't do a good job trying. of getting them At on the ground. At least they didn't walk by and wave. They just, <laughs> hey, have a nice run. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Talk for to you sure. After the game. I agree, but it, it, it would have looked much better if he had put, put forth a little bit of effort. Um, you know, it, it just – at that junction of the game, you know, giving your defense a, the opportunity to at least hold him to three in that position, you know, would have been pivotal. You know what he said? He said, maybe I'll join you at Del Frisco's. We can get one of those double eagle steaks, some of that great seafood, perhaps one of those high-quality cocktails. He said, I'll meet you over there after the game. You, you just run ahead, go score that touchdown. Don't get on the plane back to Philadelphia. That's what he said. And that's what he did. And guess what? So do a lot of people. Join him at Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse. Great, great food and exceptional hospitality. Visit delfriscos.com for reservations at one of their 16 locations nationwide. And I'm sure that Mr. Slay was buying all the cocktails for Teddy Bridgewater. In fact, he probably has a lifetime supply. Eagles go on and win that game in Denver. The Broncos had looked so good the week before, uh, Larry. They did. They did. No, I think you just have to think about uh, the life and what guys have gone through um, to make the make decisions they make. You know, the same way with the kickers. I mean, you see Matador kickers every single week. You see punters in, in position to make plays and just looking bad. Um, and you, you have to think, I mean, these are the guys' livelihood. They're not they're not paid to tackle. They're paid to punt. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is paid to throw touchdowns, not tackle defenders. And, you know, when it happens, you know, it's not really something you want to do, and it just didn't look good. But, um, you know, I know he's happy he was healthy and he'll be able to come back next week and hopefully atone for that. You do raise a good point. The life experience does play a role and, you know, I'm sure does cause the apprehension. And um, it's a good point, just a bad look. Yeah. I think you want to talk about something else. Let's talk about your buddy Odell Beckham. Um, he's going to play with the Rams. Uh, the unfortunate injury to Robert Woods uh, tears his ACL in practice uh, last week on the same day that Odell signed with the Rams. Uh, that signing a bit of a surprise. Um, you talked to Odell. Uh, would you have recommended the Rams or, or did you think that uh, he should have gone elsewhere? Well, I mean, I think the Rams would have definitely been one of the teams that, um, you know, I would have considered if I was in his position. Um, you know, I like the Green Bay play personally a little bit better. I mean, you get to go there for three or four months, really just lock in, focus, not have to worry about anything outside of the game. Um, you know, you're playing with, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, another all pro receiver um, and a team that's looking, you know, really, really solid as they inch closer to Thanksgiving where real season actually starts. But, you know, he goes out to L.A. They have a really good team. Um, they're sitting second place right now uh, in the NFC race. And, you know, they have a receiver in Cooper Cup that's been playing, you know, at a all-pro level this year. Uh, Matthew Stafford can make all the throws in football, and they have a really good defense. So, I mean, I think he made a great decision going to a contender that he can contribute to immediately and not have too much pressure on him. I mean, he's got another person who's playing great on the other side, so he can ease into it, um, you know, go out there and make his plays when he gets his one-on-one -on -one matchups. What do you think of the Rams' philosophy and what they've attempted to do here? It's a bit of a baseball philosophy here, is that they're they're kind of renting top guys, or at least guys who've had fantastic careers and resumes, and they're bringing them in, and and they they seemingly are all in now uh, on this one season. And uh, you know, it's the it's the old George Allen theme of so many years ago uh, when he was coach of the Washington Redskins, uh, 
back when they were the Redskins. Uh, and the future is now. And what do you make of trying to do that in the salary cap era? Well, I think it's, you know, they're hosting the Super Bowl in L.A. They obviously saw what Tampa did last year, and they would love to have their team playing in L.A. Um, you know, Stan Kroenke's done an unbelievable job of building a world-class facility there. Um, there's so much pageantry and things coming to the city this year. And he would love to showcase his team on the largest stage. And I think you see that with the moves they're making, you know, bringing in Von Miller, uh, bringing in Odell Beckham, bringing in Matthew Stafford. Um, and, and I think, you know, they they uh, they want to win it. They want to win it now. They're not thinking about what their team's going to look like next year or two years from now. They're focused simply on, you know, getting there. Um, you know, they fell short a few years ago, and he would love to be able to win a championship on his own field. Do you think that you can just keep pushing this down the road uh, with the with the labor agreement being the 10-year labor agreement that you can just keep pushing it out further and further and further and you're going to be able to keep some of these guys? Well, I don't think the intent is to be able to keep any of them. I mean, not, not going to be able to afford Von Miller. Um, you're not going to be able to afford Odell Beckham come this offseason. And they have other guys who uh, need their contracts worked out as well. I mean, I think they are their belief is this is a one-year deal. Um, we're going to go give it our very best try to win the championship this year and, you know, we'll work out the details uh, moving forward after the end of the season. You know what they're going to need? An insurance Rain. policy, a great <laughs> insurance policy. Gives us the opportunity to remind everybody, Let's Go is brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA. USAA. So much more with Larry Fitzgerald when we continue right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. This is NBA broadcaster Jason Jackson. And I'm former NFL linebacker Kirk Morrison. Join us each week on Forward Progress as we continue the discussion on racial and social justice in America. Each week, we are discussing how this quest for equality intersects with the world of sports through our conversations with athletes, activists, civic leaders, and many more. Listen to Forward Progress with new episodes each Thursday on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Larry Fitzgerald, joined with my co-host, Jim Gray. Let's Go was brought to you by Ring. Did you know Ring makes an award-winning alarm system you can install yourself? It's easy. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer on Ring alarm systems today. That's ring.com forward slash let's go. Jim, as we pick it back up, I have a question for you. Are you becoming annoyed with the penalties, the fines, everything that the NFL is doing. I mean, you look at Chandler Jones last week being fined um, and honoring Freddie Nunn, who held the team sack record. Um, if you look back at the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Bears last week, Cassius Marsh being fined. I mean, what, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you make of this, Jim? Well, I just think it's, it's, it's insult to injury with Cassius Marsh. What are you doing? I mean, it's, it's, it's abusive, quite frankly. Tony Carrenti hip-checked the guy. Tony Carrenti should have never made that call. Then the NFL spends the entire week defending it. And then they throw a fine on top of it. No, Tony Carrenti should be fine. Tony Carrenti should be the one who is receiving the penalty. Tony Carrenti should not be back out on the field. You know, the NBA has a much better system of checks and balances. Not only do they release the two-minute report and go about it, but 
there is accountability for the referees. And I understand the game's in fast motion. But these guys are getting it wrong all the time. And then the replay booth, everybody sees it and they get it wrong because there's not that quote-unquote indisputable evidence. There's so much riding on these games for the players, the coaches, and the fans who pay their good money. And then that money is also now being taken uh, in terms of gambling. And the league has wrapped their arms around this huge, huge uh, industry that for so long was at a distance and pushed away. It's just, it's just a horrible look. And all of these fines, I mean, for taunting. Then you got Denzel Perryman. He gets fined his entire game check for a hit and... A penalty isn't even thrown during the game. So he comes to his locker, and he played for free. What? The officials didn't see it on the field? They're that bad? But the league office goes back and corrects it and says, you don't, you don't deserve your check. Either we're playing football or we're not. And I don't Jimmy, know what they're doing in there anymore, Larry. Jimmy does play for the Raiders. You know, you got to pile on when you play for the Raiders, man. <laughs> and they are. They are. You asked me my thoughts. What are yours? I, I think it's egregious personally. Um, you know, in, in Chandler Jones' situation, he's honoring somebody who lost his life, who previously held the sack record. And I, I just, I don't like that. I think it's honoring the past. Um, I think it's a very thoughtful way to do it. And, and Cassius Mars, you know, I would have preferred that he do the de- the celebration towards his own sideline. I mean, just, just at that junction of the game, you know, you don't want to put it in anybody else's hands. You get the team, you get them off the field on third down, you're able to get the ball back with a chance to win. I just don't think you take that risk, um, you know, especially after the mistakes and decisions that have been made by the officiating crews throughout the course of the season. I just I just wouldn't put myself in that position. I would love to see him do a celebration facing his own sideline. You know, it's been a point of emphasis. What is the league emphasizing? Don't taunt? In other words, we're, they're playing a very violent game. And they've tried to tone it down considerably so that you don't have the head injuries and make the game safer. I don't think there's a single person who watches pro football, who plays pro football, who doesn't agree with that stance, okay? And the product has become different, and it's a different game. But now you're trying to legislate some guy talking trash and giving each other shit? It's just, it's, it's like even, even people like me who grew up playing on a playground, that's just abnormal, that's not what goes on. So now you're telling the very best in the world to be totally abnormal from something that they've done their entire life and is just part of the game. Larry Bird used to talk more trash, give guys more shit than anybody ever. Could you imagine? That was part of the game. It is part of the game. And it's a part of the game in the National Football League. How much trash did you talk and how prevalent was it? I didn't talk much trash at all, Jim, but I heard a lot of trash talking being uh, levied against not only me, but my teammates. And I think the biggest issue with the trash talking, different from the NBA, is you can see the players' mobs. You can you can hear them because you're sitting courtside. Um, on the football field, it's very difficult for you to see what guys are talking about. I think it brings up the excitement. Um, it raises the magnitude of the plays. And I, I think it would be you know well-served the NFL to look at that after this season. Um, the one that really bothered me still is just the rough in the passage, Jim. I saw a play... Yesterday, late in the game, um, Tennessee Titans playing against New Orleans Saints. Tannehill throws an interception in the back of the end zone. And a a ticky-tack roughing the passer call was made, uh, negating the interception, really swung the the balance of that game. And, like, those type of decisions, those type of plays, 
I just don't like it. It's touch football back there for the quarterbacks. And, you know, you see it in week in and week out defenses uh, being penalized for, 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 for violations that I don't even think of that egregious. The National Football League is riding high right now. Ratings are up. People love watching the games. Uh, fans are engaged uh, coming out of the virus to a certain extent, even though it's very prevalent and, and, and still going on around the country. Uh, people were not allowed to go to the games last year. Now they are. Uh, so they're riding this wave, and they have a wave of popularity. But there's a very fine line here to me. If I would have asked you 35 years ago if the Soviet Union would still be in business, how would you have answered that? Um, the way they were going, I don't think I don't think they would have had a good future. But you wouldn't have said they'd be out of business 35 years ago. You wouldn't have said no. Eastern Airlines would be out of business 40 years ago. You wouldn't have said that horse racing and boxing uh, would be relegated to the places that they are now. So you can be riding... That GE would be split up. Correct. You can ride that wave, Larry. You got it exactly right. And then all of a sudden... You can be popular one day and out of business the next. I'm not suggesting anything like that for the National Football League. But they better be very, very careful with when they start taking away. Nobody wants head injuries, but nobody at home cares if some guy's pointing at another guy after a play and saying, too bad, buddy, I just got you real good. Most of the time, these defensive backs and wide receivers like yourself are taunting each other and smiling and patting each other on the head. You get smacked. Somebody's taunting you, and you get up and you pat them on the butt, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the spirit of the game, the competition. Um, you love it because you're going to get your opportunity to get them back down the road, and that's just kind of the, the game that we all grew up and loved. And, Jim, I would just say tread lightly, Jim, tread lightly. We, we, we got you in the NBA Hall of Fame. You're in the Boxing Hall of Fame. We got to get you in the NFL Hall of Fame. Dude. Now, don't, <laughs> don't bother anybody. Don't piss anybody off. We got some work to do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> That's very funny, and I'm very happy with those two tremendous honors, tremendous honors. All right, let's take a deep breath, tell you that any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert. That's why we work with you, Larry Fitzgerald. You're the expert. We work with Snake. But, and Snake. But for buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. And you can find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. That's findamortgagebroker.com, powered by United Wholesale Mortgage. As we continue with Larry Fitzgerald, Larry, your picks, oh my God, your picks are awful. You have now fallen, you're, you're getting into a territory where you're going to be in tough, tough place to, to get up to 500. Jim, I hate to do this, Jim. You know, I've, I've been letting my sons kind of help me pick these games. And, you know, Devin and Apollo, like, I hate to throw you guys under the bus, but I can't, I can't, I can't take their opinions anymore, Jim. I got to do this on my own now. I got to get back in the gear, man. It's been too long, Jim. I, I tried to do the family thing, and it's just, it's just not working. It's just not working. From here on out, I'm picking my own games, Jim. I'm picking my own games. Now, I was with Devin and Apollo this weekend. <laughs> I love those kids. Beautiful kids, wonderful kids, talented kids. They can't pick games this bad. You're just lying. You're just lying. In fact, you're not taking their advice, which is why you're in this terrible shape. Uh, Snake, expose the records. Yeah, Devin and Apollo are six games under 500 at 10 and 16, and Fran is two games better at 12 and 14. There you have it. And I'm way ahead of you now. I've pulled in front. 
exactly. We're halfway through the season, Jim. We got a long way to go. You know, the real season, as Jim, uh, as Bill Belichick would say, does not start until Thanksgiving. So we got some work ahead of us. Well, that year out, you're going to say that, but next week is Thanksgiving. So uh, you better get going here. Snake, what are the games this week? All right, Larry asked for some easy games this week. We'll start off with the Chargers hosting the Steelers. L.A. is favored by three and a half in this one. Oh, man. You know, this is tough one to pick because I don't know if Ben will be out of protocol uh, for next week's game. Can we do a little caveat here? No caveats. Mason Rudolph or bust. Way to go, I'm Snake. Going. Somebody needs somebody needs to hold this guy accountable. I'm Call Devin. Get Devin on the phone. Let's see what Devin wants to do right now. Get him out of school. Come on. No, he, he's in class right now, but I'm I'm going to go with the Chargers. I don't need a caveat, and I'll go with the Chargers. Chargers season is riding on the line here. They started out real well. They've struggled in recent weeks. Justin Herbert got to get things back on track, and uh, I think they're going to do it here here at SoFi. Uh, I'll go with the Chargers. Uh, next game we have is Saints at Eagles. This is a pick'em game. It's in Philly. I'm going with this. I'm going go with the Saints. You know they play really well against the Titans. Um, you know had a tough call go against them down the stretch. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Saints to win in Philly. Are you an unbeliever in Philly? They've won no, some I, games I, here recently. No, they have. They got they got lucky against Denver yesterday, Jim. You know, that that was a uh, they pulled that the matador. Of, they pulled they pulled <laughs> they pulled a rabbit out of the hat <laughs> yesterday. But no, I, they got I in a bull just, ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I like I like Philly. I just don't like them against the Saints this week. Jim, not letting you off the hook on this one. What do you got? I was Jim, hoping my silence. I thought, thought we'd just get past this one. You um, love Philly. Go ahead and take them, Jim. I think the Saints, because the game is meaningful uh, to them, if they lose this game, they're going to fall further behind uh, Tampa. Tampa struggled last couple of weeks in losing, uh, so I'll, I'll go with the Saints. All right, last game, uh, Washington at Carolina. Panthers are two-point favorites in this one. I'm going to go to the Washington football team. Ron Rivera uh, knows Carolina been with that organization a very long time. They're coming off a really, really uh, big win against Tampa uh, last week. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Washington football team, and Jim's going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Uh, I think Cam Newton's going to have his day against his former coach. They had a lot of success together for a long time. Now they'll be against each other. Nobody knows him better than Rivera. Cam has had a taste of what it's like to be out of work, and he came in and won the game. Let everybody know I'm back, and he took off his helmet. Hey, how, is he going to get a fine for that, Larry? Hundred percent. There's there's no way he's going to get out of that fine. You know what he did that I liked? He didn't do that whole Superman baloney. Okay, you can't be out of the league and be Superman in one week. So he took off his helmet and he said, "I'm back, and I'm pulling for Cam. I want to see him do well, and I'm pulling for Ron Rivera too. Nothing against him. I love him personally, and his story is incredible, and and what he went through." Uh, I just, I just think that the, the Panthers, Panthers might have done this to sell tickets, and they're going to end up winning games because of it. No, I like, I like Washington in this game. Um, you know, the coaches' familiarity and understanding of the personnel that Carolina has. Um, I just think that he's, he's done a phenomenal job of game planning, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, if anybody knows Cam's limitations, you know, Ron knows his limitations, and he's going to do everything he can to make it difficult for them. Um, the one thing that you didn't speak on is Carolina has Christian McCaffrey back, and he looked really, really good yesterday. He's got his explosiveness. He's able to make cuts and bail, um, you know, break tackles, and that adds another dimension to Carolina's repertoire that uh, it's going to be tough to deal with. But I, I, I just like I like Coach Rivera's understanding of that other personnel, and he's going to make things very difficult for that Carolina offense moving forward. 
Who's the best team in that division? Carolina's back in the hunt here, and and you've got you've got the Saints a game behind, and you've got Tampa Bay hasn't played well the last few weeks. Yeah, Tampa, I like Tampa still. I mean, you look at the guys who are not playing for Tampa right now, or the guys who are walking wounded. I mean, they have a lot of guys who are struggling. You know, they still haven't gotten Grant back. They haven't gotten Antonio Brown. We're talking about two Hall of Famers that are missing on the field right now for them. And when Tom's able to have his full arsenal weaponry, um, I think they're going to take off running. But, you know, obviously this is the National Football League. You have to deal with these type of things. And, you know, they're banged up. Yet defensively, they haven't looked anywhere near what they were last year. And I understand the defensive backfields are banged up. Uh, now they'll have the injury to uh, Vita Vea. He fortunately uh, suffered nothing significant beyond the bone bruise and, and uh, sprain of the MCL, which is good news for him and for the Bucks, uh, as he was carted off uh, on the last play, actually, uh, of the game that was meaningful, the touchdown that uh, sealed the game with just a few seconds left. You've got to be concerned with the way the defense has been playing, quite yeah, they, frankly, they, been subpar. Yeah, I mean, especially after you watched the Super Bowl and the defense really, you know, took over that game last year. And down the stretch, they played outstanding throughout the playoffs. Um, but a great offense, you know, putting up points, you know, really could be a great band-aid for a defense that's, uh, you know, banged up on the second, on the back, on the back end. And um, I, I just think when they get grunk and they be back and they're able to have the full arsenal, um, you know, they're going to be very difficult because you just don't. You don't know what they're going to do in terms of running the football, passing an intermediate, taking their shots. And Tom, you know, with a full arsenal, you know, there's nobody in the history that's ever done it better. Uh, Larry, how many phones do you have? I have one. Just one? Um, I have another one that I have access to, but I carry around one. So that's two. Okay. What about Devin's phone and Apollo's phone? You own those phones? Yeah, but that's, that's on the family package. Okay. Are they all subscribers to our podcast? Of course. Okay. Well, let's remind everybody. You can subscribe to our podcast, and it's available wherever you stream them. Give us a five-star rating, and please leave us a review. If you want to interact with the show, you can do so by emailing us your questions to letsgo at SiriusXM.com. And we're going to take one of those fans' questions before we leave the air today. Larry Tom's answered a number of these questions uh, throughout the course of the year. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple today. Uh, who do you think wins in a fight, a fork or a knife? Oh, the knife, hands down. <laughs> yeah, that's, not even a, that's not even a close fight. No, I, I think that wins all day. You're not taking the fork? No, no. no if, I, if, I'm, if I'm trying to eat, yes, I'm taking the fork. But if I'm in a fight, I definitely want the knife. One of your buddies in Arizona wrote it and, 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 and asked this question. Uh, where do the people get this stuff? I don't know. But the question is, do you think escalators have done enough to adapt? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think they have. They, they definitely are a lot faster, more efficient. Now with these high-tech elevators, you just push the, you, you push, you push the button and it tells you which elevator shaft you're going to be going in and get you to your floor. It's an escalator, it's sir. It's an escalator. Oh, no, you said escalator. I'm sorry. Um, no, I don't think escalators have done much to adapt. You know, I think they're still moving at the same paces that they were 20, 30 years ago. And, um, you know, but they're efficient, though. They get people where they're going to the next level of stairs or 
flight they're, um, that they're going trying to get to or down, you know, to the bottom floor where they're trying to get to. So I, I don't think they've done much to that. What changes would you recommend for the old escalators these days? <laughs> Maybe speed up the pace a little bit, you know, get you, get you going where you're trying to get a little bit faster. And as we go downhill very quickly on this show, we will now say goodbye for another week of Let's Go is in the Books. Larry, a lot of fun. Great to see you. And we will talk to you next Monday night. I look forward to it. You have a great week. And uh, um, tell Fran I said hello. Thank you. I will say hello to her. All right, Larry, that'll do it for this week. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff, and to our great sponsors, Del Frisco's, USAA, Ring, United Wholesale Mortgage, and Golden Nugget Casino. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. We will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.